Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Well, welcome everybody to Bright Church Online. My name is Richard and I've got the huge privilege and honour uh, to be speaking to you guys today. And just a huge shout out to Pastors Ben and Sarah Fagelin for uh, just giving me this opportunity to be able to speak to you guys. And uh, if you are new here for the very first time, welcome. Uh, maybe somebody has sent you the link and uh, I just pray by the end of this service that uh, you would really be encouraged. Or maybe you are just a long-term Bright Church member and this is where you tune in every single week and we just want to say God bless you guys and uh, looking forward to meeting together again at some stage soon. But for now, this is what we've got and uh, we're going to use it to its greatest potential. So why don't you just bow your head with me and uh, we're just going to pray very quickly that God would use this message to encourage you. Father, I thank you for everybody that's watching. Uh, I just I just know, God, that your, your intentions are to bless people, God. You said that blessed are those who dwell in your house. And Lord God, we can't physically meet together, but we are meeting together through online church. And I just pray people would be blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Well, guys, I'm going to delve into the word. And this message comes from a question that somebody asked me recently. And And the question simply went like this, Pastor Richard, you've been doing this for a long time. You've uh, witnessed a lot of people's lives. You see how they live. You see people make mistakes. You see people prosper. What would be your one sort of piece of advice for me? And and, and this person was around 21 years old. And and, uh, I, I thought, you know, what could I say to this person that would, you know, help them to not have a painful life, that they could avoid some of the mistakes that I've made or other people have made? What could I say to them that would actually help them to just have a life that moves forward and and not constantly moving backwards and then going forward again? And my simple response to them was, hey, guys, just don't follow the Carlton Football Club. Yep, that was it. So, guys, hope you've enjoyed church today. We'll see you. Only kidding. I am a Carlton supporter, by the way. And, man, that team, they get your hopes up. And then they just drop you like a lead balloon. But what is my one piece of advice? Because I actually do have a wonderful piece of advice for all of us today. And it would simply be this statement, guys, run your own race. That's it. Run your own race. And why would I say that? Well, the writer of Hebrews, he he writes something here that I think sometimes we can overlook. and, And he says it like this. Well, I'm saying he, we don't know who actually wrote it. It could have have been a she for that matter. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. There it is. It so easily entangles us. And then he says, And let us run with perseverance, wait for it, the race marked out for us. Hey, there is a race that has been marked out for you and for me. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hey, many of us would know that when the track marshal is ready with his gun to uh, to set off a race, 
Uh, he will stand there, he or she will stand there, and they'll say, get ready on your mark, not on your competitor's mark, on your mark, get set and go. Everyone has got their own mark. And I think if you know anything about racing, um, as in running, you would know that there are different types of events. You know, you've got your 100 metre sprints, you have your 200, your 400, 1500, and then of course you've got your four 42 uh, kilometre marathons. And you know, you need to realise, and I need to realise that if you're a sprinter and you've got the genetics to be a sprinter, your body is made up very differently to the person who can be successful running a 42-kilometer race. Their, their, their genetics are different. The way they are built, you know, the way your muscle fibers are connecting is so different as a marathon runner uh, than being a sprinter. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't swap over and do those things, but what it means is they won't be hugely successful. I'm sure the person who can run 42 kilometers can also run quickly in the 100 meters, but they're probably not going to be as successful as the person who is built for it. And can I encourage you, you may look around you and see people who are achieving great things in life and you're watching YouTubers do their thing and people on Instagram do, to, doing their thing or maybe you're in business and you're watching other businesses do their thing and it's so easy to start looking at different people but you've got to realise you've got your own gifts and talents and one of the most dangerous things you could do is to just wish that you were living their life doing what they are doing, yet if you did end up doing what they were doing, it would burn you out in a moment. And why? Because you're just, you're not built for it. It's not who you're designed to be. And, and, and if I could give you this one piece of advice and drill it down, it's, it's to say, don't try and be anyone else but you. You know, when I was 20 years old, I used to constantly think about what everyone is thinking about me. What are people thinking about me? By the time you get to 40, you're thinking, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. And I'm, I'm assuming that by the time you get to 60, from what I hear, you realize nobody was ever thinking about you, to be honest. Everyone's just thinking about their own thing. And what we've got to resist is the temptation to be who people want us to be. We've just got to be who we are called to be. Run your own race, friends. You know, Helen and I, we started Lifehouse Church uh, in 2002. And so, you know, we're coming close to sort of 20 years of ministry, guys. And in 20 years, I've seen a lot of people come and some people go. And, and I, let me tell you what I have discovered in those 20 years. People would love us to be anyone else but us. Not everybody, of course. But it's amazing how so many people would say, you know, oh, Pastor Richard, great message. But you know who I love listening to? Oh, please tell me. I'd love to hear who you love listening to. Do you know I love Pastor Brian Houston? Oh, so do I, actually. Do you know what I love about him? I love his voice. Do you know, it would be great if you could just speak a little bit like him. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? How am I? And then as I start speaking to them, I start to literally start to hear my voice start to sort of turn a little bit more like that and uh, and you know what? Maybe I should uh, speak uh, next week. Oh, come on, church. Let's. 
How ridiculous would it be for Pastor Richard to try and speak like that? And there's some other people say, oh, Pastor Richard, you know who I love? I love Joel Osteen. He's such a great preacher and he is. He's awesome. You know, it'd be great if you could smile a little bit more, Pastor Richard, as you're preaching and say, now I've got to talk like this and I've got to smile like that as I'm sort of trying to... Oh, Pastor Richard Stephen Furtick is an amazing preacher, but he's got so many muscles, so now I've got to look like this and talk like that and smile like And guys, where does this end? And then some people back in the day loved Benny Hinn and what they loved was his white suit. So now I've got to wear a white suit, I've got to have some muscles, I've got to talk like this, and I've got to sweat like T.D. Jakes. Hey, I'm, I'm puffed out just trying to pretend to be those people. Can you hear that? Maybe I'm just incredibly unfit. But let me tell you something. It will wear you out trying to be somebody else. And, you know, if if you're a young adult right now, there is a huge amount of pressure to be like everyone else. And as you get older, friends, it doesn't go away. You're trying to drive the cars that your friends are driving. You're trying to go on holidays that people are attending. You know what? Why don't you just live the life that God's called you to live? You know, if there's someone that I really see living this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm actually preaching at your church, but, you know, pastors Ben and Sarah, if there's anything that I'm sure you would agree with me about that couple is that they're just so comfortable in their own skin. You know, Ben's not trying to be anyone else but Ben. And uh, if you're new and you're watching this and, uh, and, and you don't know pastors Ben and Sarah, I've got to tell you, I can't wait for you to meet them because they're going to give you permission to just be who you want to be. They're just they're just being themselves. Whether you love them or you don't, that's who they are. And I'll tell you what, because of that, people are attracted to their authenticity. People can see that they're just not trying to be anyone else but themselves. And it releases the whole church to be themselves as well. And so they, therefore, that's why this, this church is growing. Bright Church, you are on the move and you guys are expanding. And I, I'm telling you right now, Seriously, I know it sounds like a cliche, but the best is yet to come for your church. I'm telling you right now, you guys are well and truly on your way. You know, Helen and I recently went to the beautiful city, well, it wasn't that recent, uh, of, of uh, Florence. And uh, we were there for our anniversary and it was beautiful and it was lovely. And, um, you know, as we were walking around Florence, some of you have been there, I'm sure, um, we had our gelati and we're walking around and all of a sudden I see the statue of David. Now, remember, that's, it's in Florence, right? It's like, it all came back to me. That's right, Statue of David is in Florence. But I'm noticing people are not really paying attention to it. They're just sort of, some people are actually um, sitting at the base of it and not really looking up at it. I'm, I'm shocked that there aren't security guards around this thing. I'm quite horrified. It, actually, this thing's a masterpiece. And it's just sitting there. It's huge. But no one cared about this Statue of David. And then I discovered that it's actually not the original, it's a replica. It is a complete replica of the Statue of David, which is about 100 metres away. When we finally went to that exhibition, oh, wow, it was very different. There, You couldn't get anywhere near it. There were cameras everywhere, photographers. It, it, it took almost half an hour to actually see the thing. What was the difference between the identical replica to the one sitting over there in the museum Well, obviously, it's the word replica. It wasn't the real deal. And let me tell you something, friends. People don't line up for a replica. They just don't. They want the real deal. So can I encourage you? Be the real deal and just run your own race. You know, everyone has the right 
to have an opinion about you. Did you know that? They've got a right. And you've got the right to not listen to anybody. Don't be upset that people have got an opinion about things. Just just take it on the chin and just go, that's great that that's your opinion, but I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, one thing I've discovered is I am, I am a brilliant, brilliant me. You know, when I'm just me, I'm, I'm brilliant at being me. And I'm a terrible anybody else. And when I really, really try, I'm an okay someone else, but I'm a brilliant me. You know, Jesus was not pressured to be anyone but himself. Do you remember the day Peter said to him, Jesus, I've heard you've got plans to go to the cross and go to Jerusalem and go and die or something. Is that right? Did I hear right? No, no, we're not doing that. We've got conferences booked. No, we've got, we've got some DVD curriculum coming out. No, no, we're not doing any of that, Jesus. No, we've got, we've got a whole lot of Instagram posts that need to go out. We have got this thing and Jesus is like, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Wow. You know, we've got to have an attitude that when people try and sidetrack us, want us to go down a different road, we've got to have a confidence on the inside to say, love you but I'm I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm going to run my own race with perseverance. Now, right where you are, come on, you need to clap or do something right there in your car, listening on your mobile device, whatever you're doing. We need to be comfortable in who God has made us to be. You know, there was a pastor who, um, he was just a young man when his father died and his father was already pastoring a church of, you know, 14,000 people. And his elders said to him, well, son, you've got some very big big shoes to fill. How do you intend to fill those shoes? And he said, you know what, quite simply, I'm going to buy some new ones. In other words, I'm not going to try and fill my dad's shoes because he's got very big shoes. I'm just going to go buy some new shoes that my feet fit. And you know what? He has taken that church from 14,000 to 50,000 because he is being who God has called him to be. Come on. We need to get really comfortable with this. So how do we do this? Well, it tells us, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, not fixing your eyes on Instagram or not fixing your eyes on anything else. Friends, we need to stop looking sideways. We need to start looking toward heaven. We need to start looking toward our Savior because when we compete with Jesus, funny enough, it doesn't bring a discouragement into our soul. It's so funny. I don't know why. He is perfection. You would think looking to Jesus, we would be completely discouraged by our failures, but that's not the way it works. When we look to others, we get discouraged, but when we look to God, we actually don't get discouraged. It's an amazing thing. Do you remember the day Jesus said to Peter, Peter, who do people say I am? And then Peter begins to tell Jesus who who he is. I believe you are the son of God. I believe that, you know, this is who you are. And immediately having confessed who he believed Jesus to be, Jesus told Peter who he is. He said, Peter, based on that revelation, I'm going to build my church upon that. You are a rock, he says to him. Peter, you're a rock. Now, let me tell you something. When you start to discover who Jesus is and his confidence and the way he did life, you start to discover who you are. You start to discover, you know what, if I'm going to live like Jesus, if I live like him, it brings all those healthy things into your world. Hey, listen, I love this analogy of a race because if you're going to run a race, the most successful way to do it is to look at the st- at the finish line and just run as fast as you can toward it. Yes, from time to time, you may see where your competitors are at and that's fine, we get that. But if that's all you do, you will never win the race, friend. You can't win by looking to everybody else because it takes all your energy. You can't keep running forward when you're looking sideways. 
I don't know if any of you have ever done this, but I, I would encourage you to do it. It's quite funny, sad, but funny. Get onto YouTube and type in uh, the compilations of athletes who have nearly won the race. They're called nearly won the race compilations. And you'll see these athletes who are, you know, when you see the footage, they're 20 meters ahead of their competitor who's coming second and they're, they're coming first and, and they're running and they, and they would have run, won the race if they just kept heading toward the finish line. But no, what did they do? They start turning around. They start looking at the crowd. One, one guy's trying to get the crowd up and going. As he's, and as he's very busy doing that, the guy that was coming a far second runs past him and actually wins the race. But you see this, it's a compilation. So you see the guy who's cycling, he's coming down the straight, he's winning by, by so many lengths. And then he starts throwing up his hands and starts getting excited about his win. And then you see the guy that was coming second, just pip, pip him right at the line. You, you know what? I don't want that to be me. I don't want to feel like, yeah, I'm doing well in life. How's everyone else doing? And all of a sudden I lose the edge that I had. Friends, my competition is no one else out there. My competition is the enemy who doesn't want me to be everything that God has called me to be. And I just want to continually live my personal best. I want to be the best Richard that I can be. And can I encourage you to be the best person that God has called you to be? You know, the, you know, the driving factor for a lot of people in their life, the thing that drives them and gets them out of bed is comparison. I reckon that's just a sad way to live. Have a look, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse four. It says, then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. What a sad way to live. You're waking up every morning going, oh, I've got to beat my competitors today. Or you're waking up every morning and just, well, they've got a boat and I need to have a bigger one. Friends, that's not a great way to live. It says, but this too is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Don't be motivated by comparison, friend. Be motivated because you want to live your best life, because you just want to be everything God's called you to be. You don't want to get to heaven one day and go, wow, God, is that what I could have been? Wow. No, let that motivate you. You know, the whole reason that we have ended up in this mess called a sinful world is because Adam and Eve, who were made perfect before God, God was so happy with them. Do you know that the devil came along and said, you know, if you do eat from that tree that you were told not to eat from, do you know if you do, it says, then you will become like God and you will know both good and evil. What was the enemy doing? He was just drawing a comparison between them and God. And the funny thing is, friends, they actually fell for it. But you and I know that the Bible says they were created in the image of God. They were already like God. And so he just, he lied to them and he made them feel that they were inferior when really they had everything that God wanted them to have and they bought into it. And so they got involved in this whole competition comparison thing. And so they eat from the tree and how did it end? Friends, the Bible says that it killed them spiritually. And then we see that flowing into their family. Hey, hey dads, mom, you've got to realize that when this stuff exists in our world, it bleeds down into our children. Some of you have heard the saying, what walks in the father will run in the son. I believe it applies to mothers and their daughters as well. You know, what, what's inside of you will bleed down into your children. And we see it with Cain and Abel, where they both offer sacrifices to God 
and, you know, just wanting to please God. And then for some reason, we don't completely know why God loves Abel's sacrifice, but he wasn't pleased with Cain's. And then we actually pick up the story and um, because Cain was really angry about that. And uh, in chapter 4 of Genesis, verses 6 to 8, it says, this is God speaking. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted. Listen to that. You will be accepted if you just do what's right. What's he saying to him? Put your head down, Cain, and just get on with it. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out, he says, because sin is crouching at the door and it's eager to control you. What's he saying? He's saying that comparison, once it gets into your head and competing for all the wrong reasons, once it gets into your head, it, it will cause you to do things that you will not be proud of. And then he says, you must subdue it and be its master. So you would think Cain would take on that advice, but he doesn't. In verse 8, it says, one day Cain suggested to his brother, hey, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and he killed them. Hey, listen to this for a statement. Comparison will either kill you or it'll make you want to kill someone else. Now, not physically necessarily, but it will kill your future. It'll kill your ambitions, but it'll also want to make you kill other people's reputation, uh, their opportunities. That's what it does, friends. That's why it's important for us to run our own race. What if Cain had just said, God, okay, so you weren't happy with my sacrifice. How do I fix it? What do I need to do? And he would have been better for it. Instead, he became bitter and it completely destroyed everything. I love this statement. And it simply goes like this. Do you know that someone winning is not you losing? So somebody at work gets a promotion. It's so easy for you to think, wow, that's the only promotion that exists in the entire world. And uh, there it goes. There goes the promotion. And uh, so therefore he won and now I am losing. Now, listen, that may be the case in a very small company, but it's not the only promotion that exists in every company. And there are lots of companies in the world that would be happy to employ you. Listen, someone winning is not you losing. There's plenty of winning to go around for everyone. Somebody losing 10 kilos of weight doesn't mean that you've somehow put it on. Okay, you can go ahead and lose your own 10 kilos. Someone winning isn't you losing. We just need to run our own race. I really like that statement. Do you know, comparison leads to two places. Pride, I'm better than them. Or discouragement, they are better than me. So how about we just leave the whole thing alone and stay right away from it? Hey, listen, just a couple of quick tips here for us. Friends, when you're running your own race, it's so important that you don't do that to your own kids, that your kids feel like they can't live their own race and run their own race. And, you know, I've got, I've got three children, I've got two girls and, and, and a son, and, uh, you know, I, I love them all equally. Honestly, I do. I promise you I do. But I tell you what, they are all so different. Sarah, my eldest, she's highly musically talented and writes songs and, and we've got a whole connection just simply based on that. Then my middle daughter, Stephanie, is just an academic and she's not very musical necessarily, but she does, she does play an instrument, but it's not her thing. She's just so academic, just comes so naturally to her. Then I've got my son who's so creative with the whole media thing. And you know what I'm seeing today? What used to be competition to them when they're younger, now they are complementing each other. Now they're all helping each other in their different industries and working 
together. And I can honestly say that as parents, we never compared them, that their gifting is better than their gifting and their better. No, no, everyone's just run your own race, kids. Just run your own race. You don't need to be mum or dad, but just love Jesus with all your heart. And you know what? They've just gone on and fulfilled their own dreams. And so can I encourage you to do that as parents? Let's, let's just help our kids be who they've got to be. You know, we see this in Jesus when one day he's talking to the centurion. Now, remember, his disciples are standing right there, guys. They're standing right there. But he says to a centurion soldier, hey, I've never seen such faith in all of Israel. You know, you'd imagine his disciples would have been like, wow, well, you know, what about But you know what? I can guarantee you, I don't think Jesus was standing there next to Thomas as he's making that statement going, mate, you've got faith, but not like, not like Thomas. I don't think Jesus would have been doing that. What I'm saying is it doesn't mean we can't compliment someone because we're always afraid it's going to create a competition. No, no, no. You can, you can call out encouragement whenever you like, but we're not going to pit people against each other through comparison. Come on, let's, let's compliment each other. Let's not compete against each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, a little bit of competition has never hurt anybody, but it can become so destructive and we just need to buckle down to what God has called us to do. Is anyone getting something out of this today? Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. I'm nearly done here and I just want to come home with this scripture. It says, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love that. You won't need to compare yourself. Why? Because you will just feel like you are in your race in your lane, doing what God's called you to do with the, without any of the pressure of what this world would love to put on you. Just take it off like a robe and say, no, I'm going to be what God's called me to be and I'm going to do it with a full heart. So how do we do it, friends? Well, we've already talked about focusing on Jesus. The second thing is this, friends, if you want to run your own race, you know what? It's important to celebrate other people's races. And if you want to break comparison and competition over your own life so that you can just get on with your job, do you know, when someone tells you something, be happy for them. I see a lot of people who are able to mourn when people are mourning, but they don't rejoice when they're rejoicing. In other words, when people are down and out, oh, you're the first person there. Take them out for a coffee, hang out with them, help them out. And it's genuine. But when they're doing well, it's like, ooh, and there's something inside you, side of you that's actually not happy for them. That's a sign that you're not running your own race. That's a sign that you're actually looking at someone else's lane, wishing you had their lane. No, no, just be happy for people. It breaks the cycle, friends. And when you are happy for someone, you know what you're actually saying is, God, whatever you've done for them, do for me one day. And that's what it actually says to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Turn your eyes to Jesus, friends. My prayer for you today is that you would run your own race. Imagine Bright Church, every member, every person who's a part of this amazing church, just doing what God has called them to do without looking over your shoulder, just getting on with the job, growing in God. Friends, what an amazing church that this church will continue to be. And maybe you're watching for the very first time and you're thinking, wow, this message makes sense and I'd love to be that person, but you struggle. Well, friends, you probably would be because the truth is you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you. And friends, that's so simple. To allow God into your life is 
basically by praying a very short prayer that simply says, Jesus, come into my life. I know that I've done many things that are against the way you want me to live. And God, I just want you to come into my heart. Please forgive me of all my sin and let me start a brand new life with you. Friends, if you will pray that prayer, Jesus will come into your heart and you will begin a brand new journey. And you know what? I'm sure Bright Church would love to know about that decision to follow Jesus. And you can make contact with them and it'll be on the website or on the screen right now. Friends, we love you. We're so proud of you. Bright Church, run your own race in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for allowing me to bring this word. I pray it's been an encouragement to you. Look forward to seeing you live uh, at some stage. But until then, have an amazing week. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.